0: Praise God. Well, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We thank you, Lord. We find mercy here and grace to help us in our time of need by virtue of your shed blood. Were it not for the shed blood, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't even have a mind to serve you. So we thank you for that sacrifice, Lord, that you took our place. You took all punishment. You took all guilt, all shame. And you gave us a new way of living. And we honor you and we love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to continue with yesterday's um, teaching on uh, the prophet's reward, but how to receive the prophet. What does that mean? When Jesus said, "Who he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And this reward does not come from the hands of man. It comes from God. And that's the thing we have to always remember. He said, whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. So there's a reference uh, all the way to the top, I guess. Uh, You've received God when you receive his prophets. Now the Bible says that uh, he will do nothing in the earth except He reveal the secret to His servants, the prophets. So, like it or not, we have to respect that because that's God's way. You know, you have a relationship with God where you communicate directly with Him. But He also has a, an authority structure, a church structure, a structure for His kingdom, for the management of His kingdom down here on earth. And so that includes the ministry gifts. And each ministry gift has their own ministry. You don't need everybody to be a pastor. And you don't need everybody to be a prophet. Amen. So every, and, and this is God's design. You know, it can't be improved upon. And it can't, uh, we can't change it. We have to work with it. So part of our understanding of God's kingdom is to understand how it works, who he puts in charge of what. And how that affects our lives. Uh, the Bible also says that um, God says, if you believe in the Lord your God, you'll be established. So anybody who believes Jesus and takes him as their Savior is established in the kingdom, in life. But you got to go farther than that. You want to prosper. So he says, believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. Amen. His prophets, not everybody who's given you a prophecy, but his prophets, and he has a way of, of revealing to you who these people are. And so it's, it's up to us to find these things out, to understand. It's, just, you know, this is not a fortune telling, uh, business. Prophets, prophecy reveals much more than than just your future or something good that's going to happen to you or or anything like that, the prophecy will reveal to you who you are amen and and one of the the uh, advantages that that God has given me in in uh, my my uh, gift is that it's kind of easy for me to discern people's gifts what what they're called to do. Uh, what their strengths are, what their abilities are. And so you notice I didn't say weaknesses because we all got them. So if you can, can capitalize on a person's strength, you can help pull that out so it can be developed because that's what's missing. Usually a weakness is a weakness is covering up a strength. And see, if everybody's got weaknesses, it don't help us to pick on each other's faults and say, yeah, I got to find out what's going to pull you out of that uh, and discern where your strength is. And so and there are a lot of people that don't want to know that now. They they don't want to know. You know, half the body of Christ is probably scared God is going to call them to do something they don't want to do. Because people are still so stuck in the mindset of of this world and this life that we're afraid that God won't let us enjoy this present world and work for him. And so that's where many people make their mistake. That's where they fall down on the job is that they don't understand that God takes all that. You know, if God was good when he saved you, why is he bad now that he wants you to do something with your life? How do you get to be your enemy all of a sudden because he's going to compel you to be somebody? And I mean a kingdom somebody. I ain't talking about this fake king and queen stuff. I'm talking about somebody who's going to labor for God. You know, I was talking to God about some things and I would see people running away from God and that, you know, they got to do this first and do that. Well, you know how God been dealing with me, honey. God ain't really been dealing with you he just sent me to give you a message that ain't dealing with nothing That's is giving you a message but the lord spoke to me he said most people that i call he said if they would say yes to me immediately i would let them do what they want to do first he said i know how to wait but many people don't say yes that's a simple it's a simple simple word yes yes means i trust you that you know what i want to do with my life and you've worked that in somehow and i'll be satisfied with it see many people don't don't really get to know god at least to that level you know uh henry groover the prayer walker he made a a, a covenant with god he knew God had called him to ministry. At first, he didn't want to do it. You know, he was a preacher's kid, didn't like this, didn't like that. He wanted to be an engineer. And so God let him go to engineering school. He talked to him about it. And he said that he was in a church one one night. He just happened by there, a little storefront church. That's where people always get God. Some of the unlikely places, somebody got to put a prophet there with a word for you. See, true prophets don't really care about carpet drapes. You know, I might care about it in my house to a degree, but I ain't gonna go crazy over it there either. You understand? As long as it's clean, and I ain't tripping over my dog, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm good. <laughs> but we're not, you know, wound up about surroundings so much, you know, and. And we don't care about if you you're wound up about it. You don't understand what I'm saying? You do what you do. But he went. He said, "It was an unlikely place for me to be." You know, this man told him he was going to have an extraordinarily large number of children, and that God had called him to ministry. And Henry said, "Well, I'm not interested in either of those." He said, "You're wrong." He said, "I'm I'm I'm going to have two children at the most." He said, "And I'm not I'm not going to preach." But he loved the Lord. See, his, his parents had put that in him. And, uh, in talking to God, they made, he made a commitment. He said, God, when it's time for me to go into full-time ministry, you let me know. He said, but until then, I would like to work as an engineer. And so God let him work as, a, as an engineer. And when he was getting ready to sign a management contract for a million dollar salary, God called him away and he went. And he walked all over the earth, breaking curses, tearing down satanic altars, blessing people, encouraging people. Now, if 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 people would do that, they would find. Now, God let Henry do what he wanted to do with the first 30-odd years of his life. And by the way, he had 13 children. He and his wife had 13. But they saw miracle after miracle after miracle in that family. God, uh, uh, prepped him for ministry. He did ministry. He actually did prayer walking in, in around his neighborhood, witnessing the people, all that kind of stuff. He did that. But on a full-time basis, God allowed him to have his heart's desire first. And then he called him into ministry. Now see, not many people have that kind of understanding of God and a trust in God to know that if there's something burning in my heart to do you might have put that there and you've made provision for that but so many people run off and do what they want to do nervous wondering unsure you know and and their faith isn't working right they struggle a lot just because they got said if they would stop and honor me and say yes i'll do it he said i'll let them have all he said i'm not a mean god I'm not hard to get along with. So I know what they want to do. Sometimes God will tell you to wait on certain things, cause your faith ain't up there to take care of all that that you want. You know how we are. We like kids in a candy store. Wanted him, wanted him, wanted him, wanted him in the penny candy window, and we want everything right away. So God has to teach us how to let Him. Be the author and finisher of our faith. Develop your faith. Let you have joy in your life and not this this longing, panting after something like you're a desperate person. When you come under the blood, your desperation for worldly things stops. I mean, if you got really saved, you don't have that. Gotta, 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 you know, stop that stuff. Don't ever gotta have something that's going to be here when you leave. I've seen all kind of people try to be buried in their favorite car, but that's as far as it just goes in the ground. They don't get to take it to heaven with them. You understand what I'm saying? So all of this will be left behind. Amen. Including loved ones many times. So we have to understand that God wants a yes answer. I don't know how I got over here, but he wants a yes answer first out of people. If there's a request in the, in the prayer room or, or revelation that he's called you to do something, you need to say yes and be sincere about it and not be fearful of the consequences. You know, where is God going to send most of us? Ain't most of us ain't going nowhere, but he will equip you to work where you are. So he's not, he's not into just uprooting people for the sake of uprooting them you know what i'm saying but he does have a serious work for all of us to do and it's respectful to god you don't have a request somebody say would you do so and so and you just look at him and walk away that's just rude you need to answer and most of us are scared of saying no the the no answer the not be having an answer we think is enough but you need to be brave enough to tell god no but most people aren't. They just walk away from it. Amen. Or go do their own thing first. Or don't even think about the fact that you're called. And what does that mean? It's going to upset your life. You hear what I'm talking It's going to upset your life. Look at all the other things we've acquired that upset our lives. And we're happy about that. y'all get it tuesday y'all get it tuesday huh we go meet somebody and and start talking to him he said baby i'm gonna rock your world he said oh i didn't met the one come in (laughs) boas am i right poppy already telling you he gonna come into your life gonna start trying to camp out in your house you gonna have to factor him in on everything he said you know that sounds like god to me hello he gonna come in upset and restructure and reorganize and you just gonna have to go with the flow you understand God's deal is much better, much better. Anywho, where was I? We're right here. Oh, oh, yeah. What does it mean to receive the? Did y'all receive that? Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. that we make move on. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Some of y'all still need to say yes to God, though. You think you have, but you. Now you have full disclosure. You know what is going to cost you something, huh? You just need to say yes. God, I'll do it. Whatever you call me to do, I'm I'm ready to. You understand what I'm saying? Ready, ready to go for it now. Let's keep it moving here. Amen. Don't ever assume that where you're at is is okay with him. You know, you you need to go to him and and talk to him about these things and. And get some plans. Get some understanding. Get some where you're going to go. Amen. We like throwing God a little, little this, a little that. What's left over from after we've gotten the big portion. So. <laughs> okay. So we will move on. Amen. I ain't going to get too deep with too many people here, but, you know, need to. sometimes we think because we witness the people, we pray some here and all that, that we're okay. You need to check that out. God is this all. I got so much stuff to do, Pastor Bob. I'm just booked up. Well, you better unbook yourself. Who booked you anyway? Booked yourself. Oh, my dance card is just full. Huh? You, you ain't danced with the one that you're intended to dance with yet. Smooth operator. Huh? got to dance with the right partner. Huh? You don't want to miss it. You really don't. You don't want to miss that time with God. Amen. Amen. He is like no other. You put him first, treat him right. It will shock you how easy your life will be. Amen. It smooths out the bumpy places. Makes all the crooked places straight. Amen. It's 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 a life worth living, I put it that way. But the body of Christ is going to have to stop giving God their leftovers, and I'm not talking about money. Because see, at a certain point, money gets a little easy to. Mm -hmm. Then you gotta you gotta find out what the other challenge, the next challenge is. See what I'm saying? It's always going to be a challenge to what what to your will and what you think you want to do with life. Amen, And so you have to submit to these things and allow God full, 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 amen, full authority in your life. So yesterday we went over Moses and Joshua and we talked about the fact that Joshua was Moses' minister. He served Moses. And see, this is where we get, um, uh, you know, a little offended. You know, sometimes terms that we use, people are offended by them. They don't like the fact that God calls us to serve one another. Amen. And that people will be called to serve prophets. What that means is that you're there to make that minister's life easier. Make it flow right. Make it, you're an assistant. You're a helper. Amen. You're, you're, uh, called to, to use whatever talent, gift, whatever you have to cause that person to have time to spend with God, time to do their ministry and their preaching, so forth and so on. I look at it as there are people that are called to do the things that the prophet could do if he weren't busy doing other things that only he can do. So there are some things that only the prophet can do. They have to be freed up to be able to do those things, amen? And so that's where the minister comes in, the servant. The son, the student, they had all kinds of names for them throughout the Bible. When you see sons of prophets, that means they might have been natural sons, but they were also disciples and students and learning the prophet's ministry. Or they might have been natural sons that lived in community with the other community of believers, amen, or or prophets. So the prophets lived kind of off by themselves in their own community, where they were free to train their uh the sons and the daughters in the lifestyle of the prophet. Because it had to be something that encompasses your whole life. It just can't be in the pulpit on the days that you preach. Amen. Not for the prophet. Now, some of the other ministry gifts can do things like that. They have a lot of freedom and a lot of leeway to a degree. But the prophet is called to exemplify lifestyle and their lifestyle has to be a demonstration of something God wants to project to the people. If you don't believe that, read the book of Hosea where Hosea's whole life was a, a, a picture and a demonstration of the nation of Israel. God never tells his his people to marry prostitutes. But he told Hosea to marry one. So his life then began to be an object lesson for people to look at and see. And it was his message. His life was his message. And so that's true of the prophet's ministry. Their life is their message. Amen. You can tell by the way true prophets live what's coming for the body of Christ and what is important to God. And so when you start observing those things and, and getting to understand, then, then what God wants to do is through the prophet's example, through their spirit, through their preaching, allow that same, uh, uh, spirit to come on the rest of the body of Christ, starting with the people who are closest to them, who are being discipled by them. And so we have to understand how what God does when he pulls a person's life into an example phase so that people could see what God is demanding of his people at different times in the history of the church. And so what God was demanding when people saw Hosea married to this woman who wasn't faithful to him, that, that pained them. Anybody that had a marriage or, or had a normal life, was like upset by it oh how could that happen to this poor man and what god is saying you hurt me the same way see you haven't been faithful to me and so these things transfer out there you know i mean if you're paying attention some people just want another box of popcorn <laughs> you know what i'm saying but if you're paying attention you begin to you take notice of that why is god letting this happen to this man i mean what yeah i because this is happening to God. Amen? And so we, we, we begin to understand why God has to seclude the prophet only to himself as his minister, but the prophet has to, to call others to him for discipleship. It's just how the office is perpetuated. And, and that anointing will fall on people in that ministry. Amen. Um, one of the blessings of prophets ministry is that people lose their shyness and they take on a greater boldness. I've noticed that because, you know, people like people in this ministry, you have no problem going up to a total stranger, telling them about the Lord and laying hands on them. And asking them, you know, and taking authority like that so that you, and that's really an intrusion on a person's life when you think about it, if you're not doing it in God, amen? And and so I'm thankful that that rests on every vessel here. You see what I'm saying? So you have no difficulty. Miss Donna prays for people and passing out bread. She does more praying for people in her building, amen, glory to God, than than anything else. See what I'm saying? And so to look at her, she's a very unassuming, meek, gentle person, but she's bold because of the anointing. See that, that presence of God comes upon her and she, she has a heart to take care of people's problems and does. Amen. And see, we can all do that in our little area, you know? Uh, I, I see people are, God called me a healing ministry and you keep taking your baby straight to the doctor when they get a fever. You don't even stop and pray for them. So how are you going to go out in the streets and pray for ranked strangers? you got to be careful about that. You have to be faithful where you are. And see, prophets will teach you these things and help you to understand how the anointing rests on your life. It starts with people who are close to your heart. Amen? If you trust God with them, then he'll trust you with the people out there. Amen? not until. Amen. So there's some steps you got to go through and be checked off on your skill set, so to speak, before God will open up greater doors to you. Amen. Greater doors. So, um let me see now. We were we did Moses and Joshua. So Joshua was his minister, which means he worked for Moses under Moses. He was a student, a son, a disciple and an armor-bearer. So he went out to war while Moses commanded. So Joshua led the physical forces, but they really didn't have to fight much because God helped them supernaturally. As long as Moses did his job, Joshua's job was easier. His job was guaranteed. Amen. And so that's that's where the spiritual advantage comes is that the prophet is there to make your load lighter in exchange for you helping his his natural load to lighten. Got me? So it's an exchange, one one spiritual and one natural. And so you'll see many people, you know, when, when uh um uh prophets are are traveling or whatever. They'll ask if they can, you know, well, can I do something for you? Can I, you know, you got to ride to the airport, you know, can you get there okay? And yada, 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 yada. And, and that's so that they put themselves in position to receive the reward. That's not the motive. But in God's kingdom, that's how that transfer happens. So they put themselves in a position to receive reward. By making the prophet's life easier. Amen. No matter what it is that, that they need. And, and see, people are always concerned about being, you know, not getting something out of it. Or being abused or, you know, I mean, seriously? I mean, carrying a bag abuses you? Don't you carry groceries when you go? Just saying. yeah. You see, it's not anything hard. It's not. any, and, and most of it falls under the category of just politeness and concern. You know? I mean, it, it ain't nothing hard. So I think and, and the reward is great. I can't tell you specifically what the reward would be in your life. But generally, it's whatever you need. I mean, you see how prophets dealt with people in the Bible. They got whatever they needed. A need was met, and some of them was spared starvation, poverty, their kids going to prison, profits reward to get your kids out of jail. you understand what I'm saying and so these these things we we don't understand how much we need supernatural favor and blessing and reward in life. But we really, really do. Because there are some things you can do. You can be as strong as you want to be in the natural. But the supernatural might cause you to stumble a little bit. And that's where the prophet's ministry comes in. To take the stumble out of the supernatural aspect of your life. Amen. To straighten the road out for you. To make it. To pave it. To make it go smooth. Amen. And, And to get you in a place of peace and get you out of fear. You got me and put you over in that zone where you can can float and glide and all that stuff. Amen. Live the life God wants you to live. So Moses and Joshua, after Moses died, Joshua took up that ministry of leader over the people of God, over God's people. Amen. Amen. So so um, Aaron was being Moses assistant um could not qualify for that because he had to he was uh dedicated to the priesthood. God called Aaron's line as a priesthood. Now Aaron and Moses were brothers, but Moses was plucked out of that priesthood line and was made a prophet. So you see prophet and priest always in one package because of that. Okay, Uh, Moses being the first, he was a Levite, okay, the firstborn of the Levites, the firstborn of any family belongs to God, amen. When you're a Christian, they all belong to God, but you'll find sometimes God has a little special way with them, make them a little smarter, a little more you know, aggressive, a little more determined, you know, that kind of stuff. And and um and and so there's a, a that crowning, honoring the the uh you know, the firstborn. They're usually more capable than the rest of the kids in the family, you know, in, in many ways. They help the parents solve problems, think halfway think for you and all you know, all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean the other ones can't either. God so decides to bless them that way. But, but generally speaking, that's, that's, that's it. So Moses was, had a special endowment, we'll say, for that. Moses was able to live a totally secular life away from the, the normal grooming of his people and still come back as a leader. See that rebound, no fail thing? You get that oftentimes in firstborn. You know, you you wonder sometimes whose kid is that. <laughs> he ain't like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. Uh, because if they're allowed to to grow up in God, it it sometimes will astound you the things that they can accomplish. Seriously. And so, what what Moses was able to do then was combine the prophet and the priest in one. Amen in And it followed like that throughout the history of israel amen and and it is that way now in the in the church, in the body of Christ. Prophet and priest are combined in one. all of the ministry gifts now are combined as a priesthood. but if you look at the Old Testament, the prophet didn't have to wait for a Levite to come to make an offering a sacrifice. people could make the sacrifice directly to the prophets. Some of them got very, very wealthy. Because if people continue to bring you animals, cattle, and say, you know, let me build your house over here so you can stay near me because I want to be close to God. And see, to whom much is given, much is what. And see, they couldn't abuse that. Remember, Naaman was very wealthy and wanted to give the prophet a, uh, stuff and he said is it time to take a gift when he saw Gehazi had taken it he said is it time to take a gift so there were times people that would come to make offerings and sacrifices and prophets had to know when to refuse them and when to accept them to stay right with God everything hinges on being obedient to God and in walking in that relationship with him where you're pleasing to him And and so that keeps that kept the prophet from getting greedy, because they could have easily gotten very very wealthy for their own benefit. Amen. Because it's normal you want to hear from God. God make an offering. See what I'm saying? You don't come empty handed. You bring something. And so it's 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 interesting to see now how ministry and priesthood. Is kind of like deteriorated because we see very wealthy ministers, and they—it's like no stopping them. They don't seem to have a limit on what they want to accumulate as far as the world's wealth is concerned. Amen. You know, and, and I'm not bad mouthing anybody, but it's kind of like we got Christians in this country can't pay their rent. Don't know where they... And don't tell me they're not aware of it. Got me? They're your brothers and your sisters. How would you feel if a blood brother or sister were more than blood? Amen? We have the same spirit. We have the same father by the spirit. Amen? And God watches everything. Don't think he don't see everything. Amen? Every day is a test with him every day that you get up is a test to see who you love who you're going to obey how you're going to prove your love to god all of the above so moses and joshua joshua when when moses died joshua then assumed leadership over the nation of israel he was very well prepared he was even um he even got longevity because of his faith in god He was one of only two men in his generation that lived to go into the promised land. Amen. Because he believed God. He and Caleb were the only two left. Amen. It's like you go to your uh, 90th year class reunion and it's just you and one more guy are there. (laughs) So that was part of the prophet's reward as well. Moses lived to be a hundred and twenty. So God honored him with long life, so that fell on Joshua as well. Amen. So it, that's one way to get it. Amen. Be a, a faithful servant of a prophet who is working for God, and you'll get what they get. And then and then some, amen. You're not limited to just what they have. Amen. So <clears throat> it was Joshua's job to replace Moses, um. Let me see did we go Exodus 33 uh, why don't we go to numbers 27 I'll show you that when uh, as as Moses is led by God in preparing Joshua for leadership so when did Joshua really know he was the one? You don't really know until you're actually ordained and set apart. Got me? Until then, you're called. When God says you're ordained, you're ordained. Amen. So in Numbers 27, I think it's verse. Thank you, Lord. 18. The Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is is the Spirit, and lay your hands upon him. Amen. So Joshua had the Holy Spirit. It came upon him at some point during the time he was serving. Amen. He says, and set him before Eliezer the priest and before all the congregation and give him a charge in their sight. In other words give him uh, an order and outline his ministry in the sight of everybody and you shall put some of Uh, Your honor upon him and all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. And so that's where ordination is very important to be done publicly so that everybody can see that this person has been singled out by God to be an authority in that ministry. And he shall stand before Eliezer, the priest who shall ask counsel for him. After the judgment of the Urim before the Lord, and that was, a, um, I'm forgetting what it was. I think it was some kind of, a, uh, I, I want to say dice, but it was a die. But it wasn't like that. It was where they could get a yes or a no answer from God, that kind of thing. And so he said before the Lord, at his word shall they go out, and at his word shall they come in both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. So what he's saying is he's putting all the congregation under Joshua's authority. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, took Joshua, set him before Eleazar the priest before all the congregation. And he laid his hands upon him and gave him charge. So he prophesied over Joshua by the laying on of hands, until that happens, you don't have nobody's mantle to do nothing, nobody's authority to do nothing. You understand me? It, it's, it's just so important that your authority comes the right way. It really, really is. And he says, as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. And so Moses then sets Joshua up to be the next leader. God has already let Moses know that he will not enter the promised land with the rest of the children of Israel. Amen? And so <clears throat> Joshua, uh, he was released into that and he was able to fulfill everything that the Lord uh gave him to do Uh in Joshua three, seven. You'll see that where God confirms and speaks to Joshua himself. That what he got from Moses was legit. Amen. So it's not just you get it somebody lays hands on you and you got it but you get it and god confirms that you got it amen god lets you know what you have and joshua 3 and verse 7 i think it was and the lord said to joshua this day i will begin to magnify you in the sight of all israel that they may know that as i was with moses so i will be with you amen and this is what you want that confirmation in your heart that that all those years of serving have paid off amen all those years have led up to this that god is telling joshua i'm giving you the same credibility that moses had same anointing same ability I'll be with you just like I was with him. You won't be short at anything. Amen. And so that, that's what you want that the people recognize who you are. You don't have to struggle with anybody. You don't have to fight anybody to, to prove. You know, most fights people are fighting themselves, I think, because you know, your dog can recognize the presence of God on you. You know, you know what I'm saying. If he got devils, he'll run from you. But if he loves God, he'll get closer to you. You understand what I'm saying? It don't take a whole lot of figuring to know the presence of God. See, he he lets he reveals himself to everybody. And see, I see a lot of people. They don't recognize me. What are you looking for that for? You know, let God recognize you, and when it's time to reveal you to people, He will. You know we got a lot of these people trying to reveal themselves and announce themselves. Come on, y'all. And they they don't like women. They don't like no. They like women. They just ain't gonna listen to you preach. <laughs> but that's okay. God will send you to somebody who'll listen. Or you might be sent to people that half of them don't listen. Look, look at it. The world is full of people sleeping in church. It's just true. What do you care? What are you called to do? You're called to preach. So preach. You ain't called to make people listen. You ain't called to make them change. you call called to open your mouth and utter the words. That's why God said, don't look at their faces because their faces will mess you up. Mm-hmm. People be rolling their eyes and look at all I saw somebody had they make glasses with open eyeballs on them where <laughs> for people want to sleep in church and look like you looks like you wide awake <laughs> i said man they got everything <laughs> that's funny but anyway that that that's joshua now samuel um uh let me see if i want to I think I'll skip him. I'll go to Elijah. I can do Samuel at another time, um, uh, because Samuel was was the reward of God. Amen. His his ministry was very very unique, um, but he was the first prophet that opened a, a school of the prophets and a school of ministry. So he began to organize them in companies and teach them and train them but he came through in a very unique fashion where he was the prophet's reward to his mother in the absence of the prophet. See, Eli was a priest. There were no prophets in Israel at that time. So he was like a sovereign gift of God that had to start a new move. Eli was backslidden. His boys were backslidden. There was nobody. So God had to shut up a woman's womb and make her beg for a son and give him right back to God. Get desperate. God will give him back. Just let me know what it's like to be a mother. See what I'm saying? And God gave her more children, of course. But he had to have somebody. See, this kingdom has stood for centuries because God has power like that. We think God can't change so-and-so. No, he's not going to change and make you like him better. Do you hear what I'm telling you? If he needs to change somebody, he'll change it after the counsel of his will. He don't need to tell you to tell him what to make out of somebody. huh? See, we all disappointed in prayer and stuff because people don't change. Who Who said they had to change for you? Huh? That's what I thought. See, we got to understand kingdom business. Huh? Samuel's mother, Hannah, just got sick of being put down, feeling bad. God knows how we feel. We get sick enough of it. We'll cry out to him and find out what we need to do to get it reversed. And what she needed to do was give that child to God. Huh? She said, "Oh man, that's that's what's been holding us up." Oh, Pastor Bar, don't hurt my I'm hurting your feelings. I'm hurting mine. Huh? Because for those hard places, that's something everybody needs to do. That's going to cut them deeply. So that they can get relieved of the burden of lack, loss, huh? whatever it is. And so Samuel was born out of a need of his mother to be relieved from the burden of being an outcast. Her husband had another wife with more children. This woman picked at her all the time. And God led her. Ah, Hear me again. I don't care. Yeah, God lets people pick at you. Well, that ain't right. No, there's a lot of things in this world ain't right. But he wants to work it out for his glory. I said his glory. Not you come first. His glory. He delivers us out of all affliction. Your deliverance will come. But maybe God needs to see something out of you first. That's going to put him over. That's going to put him on top. He, God needs to have people invested in his kingdom. We just can't take all the time. We've got to invest. And for this woman to, to figure out, well, maybe I just need to give this child to God. I, I See, before it was, well, God, give me a baby because this lady picking at me, and I don't see why she get to have all the kids, and I can't have none. I'm making my sacrifices all. And I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. How come I can't be blessed? Huh? Well, when you stop looking at just you, No. See, we say God is good all the time, all the time God is good. But we carry sometimes a little anger at Him because He won't do stuff for us, 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 us. All the time us. Huh? We even try to manipulate God when we want something. God, this thing I'm going through, that ain't giving you no glory. He said, you don't know that. Hmm. Yeah, God knows how to get what he wants, folks. He knows how to get what he needs. It's very important that that, the nation of Israel continued and got on a right road. It was time for the old people to die off because they were bringing it down and God wanted it elevated. So he had to have somebody who was totally dedicated to him. As soon as Samuel was weaned, weaned his mother turned him over to Eli, the backslidden priest. Well, see, she should have kept him because, see, that man was backslidden. Uh Uh-uh, she gave him to him. Why? He wasn't wasn't hers anymore. That boy didn't belong to her anymore. It belonged to God. And if Eli was good enough to bless her to have that kid, he was good enough to take care of him. It's all about trusting God, folks. It's all about trusting him. So, so Samuel grows up before Eli. Samuel hears the voice of God when he's a toddler. Huh? He prophesies to the man of God who is raising him when he was still a child. And prophesied his doom. And Eli received it. He said, I know that's God. He said, you're right, that is God. So Eli's a very, Samuel's a very young boy, but he's a priest and he's a prophet. And the Bible says he was so good at it, God didn't let any of his words fall to the ground. I mean, God honored every utterance that came out of man's mouth. Most of us don't want that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so Samuel, he is God's reward. Amen. Amen. His his um let me see what his name means. It means asked of the Lord is what Sam. So he is God's request. He is God's answer. And he is God's prophet. Amen. So all right, so then we have Elijah. And Elisha, I think. Yeah. In first Kings seventeen, let's see if we can find pick up Elijah there. Whoops. Elijah has a ministry, a very unique ministry. We don't know where he comes from. You don't know his parents. You don't know his... We don't know what tribe he comes out of, actually. Um, We just know his location. So then Elijah can be said to be God's servant, period, sovereignly. Brought forth sovereignly trained, sovereignly raised. See, people, when, when I was first ministering, people would come to me and ask me who my covering was. And I would tell them Jesus. No, who are you under? My husband. But You understand what I'm saying? It's like none of your business. Because really, you don't judge people by who they're associated with when they stand in an office before God. You judge them by their fruit. So trying to find out if you know somebody that I know and you approve of that person does nothing. You miss the whole point of our association. Amen. So you get away from those people as soon as possible because they don't know what they're talking about. You know, they're just there. The devil sends them there to see if they can put fear and insecurity in you. Amen. You know, the church, sometimes we we have such silly traditions, crazy things we think. Some of our ideas are very antiquated and and wrong, scripturally wrong. Got a whole denominations of people think women should not be preaching and that men are out of order if they listen to a woman. I see it. Listen to your mother to even live. You understand what I'm saying? What is this anti-woman thing you gay? A real question. Some of them are. You can get so anti-woman, you don't know when you flipped over. I didn't mean that like it maybe sounds sometimes. Am I in the clear over there poppy or am I? Huh? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but Elijah is, is, is symbolic of the prophet who is called sovereignly of God. Nobody's permission nobody's system nobody's ordination system um and i'm not saying skip being ordained i think it's it's good to have the body of christ bless you and confirm you i was ordained amen um i was confirmed but but aside from that there has to be a place now where people have to learn how to recognize the gifts of god by their gifting by the anointing and by their fruit amen and so cuz ministers don't just walk around with a sign on them and say i'm ordained by so and so and such and such they expect after a while for for you to be able to judge who they are i remember when god would would tell me he he said i uh, he said i'm giving you a calling card and I said, "Oh, calling card." I said, "What?" I said, "Like, I said, like, make some business." He said, "I said, a calling card." And and he said, "I'll show you what it is." And when he would bring me into an assembly of people, he would give me a prophecy for somebody there. And he said, "That's your calling card, amen, to establish your identity and who you are." So I didn't need a business card. I got a whole box of them now. I forget where they are. I forget. <laughs> You understand what I'm talking about? I got about a thousand cards. Can't keep up with them. Because I've never recruited myself. Never recruited work. Never (laughs) work. I get nervous thinking about that. You understand what I'm saying. Not trying to be around the right people so I can be known and somebody can call me. And You know, God called me. If somebody needs me to, to minister for them or something, God will tell them how to get a hold of me. You know, we have a website. We're public. You understand? Well, I'm not just hiding somewhere and looking for somebody to beat some drums and I listen to it and find out where to go. You know what I'm saying? You, you use what God opens the door for you to use. But other than that, you know, you're, you're, you're a sovereign gift of God. He called me the way he wanted me to come to him. Amen. And so so Elijah represents that sovereign calling of God, that gift of God, where there's no record of who he is. There's no identity. There's no anything. He comes out of nowhere and he leaves in a whirlwind. So he's kind of like a gift from heaven that came down full grown, because that's where we meet him, full grown. They don't even know what that word tishbite means. It's, they can't find a country called tish or tishbite, you know, or tish anything. So it's, it's just kind of like that, but he comes with all the goods. Amen. And, and so Elijah is releasing now through his ministry, the prophet's reward on many, many individuals. It's very powerful in the things of God. So in, in this instance, uh, let me see, First Kings 17, did I say? This, this is the a first a record we have of him raising somebody from the dead. In fact, I think the first raising of the dead period. In the Bible. I'm not sure, but it might be. And and the word of the Lord came to him in verse 8 saying, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, this is not go to this town and get a deluxe suite in the best hotel. This is go to work for me. Go to work for me. And see, prophets understand that about God. When they go somewhere, they go to work. Amen. They go to do the meeting. They go to serve the people. They go to preach. They go to bless the people. They go to work. People in their company have to have that mindset or you're going to be upset and disappointed, amen, and you're going to be tested on whether or not you're there to work. I mean everybody you know we like when we uh um in our conferences we've had as many as forty to to sixty staff members, ministers included, and everybody was called there to work, so you must have the mindset of work when you get there. You know, and you'll be tested on it because as as hard as we tried to get everything perfect before you came in, sometimes your rooms were dirty. You had to wait. You had to believe that things would work out. Why? You weren't there for the ambiance. You were there to say it again. And God made sure you kept in that work mindset. You know, he didn't want you in resort mindset. Because with all we had to do, you ain't going to be in that room but a hot minute anyway. You understand <laughs> you're going to be long enough to sleep, wake up, get up, and go at it again. But that does not mean that you're in substandard dirty surroundings. You understand what I'm saying? So. That test is always there before us. Are we there to work or are we there to lounge, complain, go down to the desk, tell people off? You're there to, well, two people believe it. See what I'm saying? now see in some people's minds well, don't, you don't have to put up with y- 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 y-. see god's been trying to get that out of his people for the longest time and you're not the only ones preachers have it you'll see them you know the host church will get a very nice suite of rooms for them and their entourage nobody travels alone anymore I remember back in the day, preachers drove themselves everywhere. You'll hear some of the old timers if you get some of their tapes, like Brother Hagen. Yeah, me and my wife, we packed the, the car up and we had church. And he was just so happy to have churches to go to, to get very small offerings. Amen. Now, he admits that that he could have had more money if he believed God for more, but not the work of getting from meeting to meeting to meeting. He never, he never said that he could have traveled in style or had a chauffeur, or first class ticket, not coach. You know, I'm waiting for a first class. I'm sick of coach. You know, if you're there to work, you get there the best way you can be <laughs> there to work. You understand what I'm saying? So many times people can't get in the, the flow of the anointing and stay on the fringes because they don't get the right mindset about what they're there for to work, do the work. You have a part in somebody's ministry. You have a part in doing something that's very important to God. It's important to God that we do these meetings. They're not just to be there and to have people walk on and walk off and all of that, this is the work of the ministry. We are preaching the gospel. We're getting the word into people. We're ministering to the sick. We're doing all of these things. So my mindset is work all the time. And I I encourage people to get in that mindset. If you're going to work with somebody and be successful at it, be in that mindset of work. Because if you get out of that, you're going to wind up disgruntled. You're going to be angry because the work is going to go on whether we are many or few, the work of God and the work of the ministry is going to go on. He's trying to give you an opportunity to participate in that, to elevate your life so that you can be involved in something eternal that's bigger than you ever thought you could be and do your part. Amen. And so God wants us in that mindset of we are here to work, do the work of the ministry and its work. Amen. It's work. And so Elijah was a man who was able to, by the work of the Holy Spirit and by the work that God had called him to do, he was faithful enough to that that he began to groom other prophets. The the school of the prophets was enlarged over when Samuel was in charge. It continued to grow and grow and grow. He had hundreds of prophets that were there. Teaching and training, going out prophesying, going out ministering to people, doing all the work of the ministry and working miracles. You want miracle working power. Now a lot of people don't want it. They care less, but you might need one in your life. In fact, I know you will. Amen. (laughs) And it doesn't matter what era we live in. You're something, you're going to confront something that's always bigger than you. And you're going to need God to move that out of your way in a miraculous fashion. And so here, uh, Elijah ministers the prophet's reward. In verse 8, 17 verse eight, First King Kings 17 verse 8. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, get you to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. Now this lady was not a Jew. She was a Gentile. And go live there. Go live among the heathen people. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. Talk about bad news. You got to go live among heathens and then you got to get somebody that's broke. Widows were not known to have money. He didn't say a wealthy widow. He didn't say a well-to-do widow. He said a broke lady by herself, but she's going to cause you to have bread every day so then the prophet has to be engaged in the same faith as the person that they're ministering to you see this very often god uproots them sends them somewhere and they've got to live by the faith of god and believe god will take care of them there's no four-star hotel here jesus was born in a stable folks come on now no four star and Jesus wasn't even born in sanitary conditions and he says here so he arose and went to Zarephath you see there's no arguing here no dickering a God I'll do it later you mean now God what you mean when when you never see them ask when the ones who are successful they just get up and do and when he came to the gate of the city behold a When a woman was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Get me, I pray thee, a little water and a vessel that I may drink. So he establishes that she's the right person. How? By asking her for what God says she was going to provide. Come on now. He says, get me something, a little water so I can drink. So God had told him, there's a widow woman there that's going to sustain you. He thinks he's got the right person, but he has to put it to the test. He's not trying to take something from her illegally. He's putting her to the test that God said she would pass. And so she said, as she was going to fetch it, so she's the one. He called to her and said, bring me also a morsel of bread. And she said, as the Lord my God lives, so she's a believer over here in a heathen country. I don't have a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. And to be honest with you, I'm gathering two sticks that I might go in. And cook that for me and my son, and we're going to eat it and die. So this is our last meal. Now see, what would have happened if he had said, Well, God, do you want me to go now? Or wait till he did what he wanted to do first, and then go do what God says. This one would have been dead already. So here you get a picture of how important it is to obey God immediately when he tells you to do something. At least the part that says yes and moves to get up and go do it. Amen. See, you know, a lot of people miss this part about obedience. To me, it's like I got a neon bulb on this page in my book. Because it speaks to me. God don't play with his servants. If you're really going to serve God. And you're really going to. Be useful to the kingdom. You got to get up and go do then. You can't sit up here. Wait for the confirmation. God is your confirmation. Huh. And so he gets there. Just in time. This woman's preparing. Her last meal. She's. She knows it's going to be her last. And God sends the prophet just in the nick of time. This is the nick of time office is the prophet's office. Because we have a sense about the timing of God. We have a sense about the immediacy of things. We have a sense about God gives that, amen, to prophets, period. Sometimes prophets' reactions, people think, well, what are you upset about? Honey, if you lived where I lived, you'd find plenty to be. <laughs> Not upset, but urgent. Sometimes there's an urgency in obedience that people don't understand. Sometimes people have disobeyed for the last time without suffering for it. You understand me? So there's, there is an immediacy. Everything's like, you ain't just laid back all the time. If you got a 30 day eviction notice, you get some urgency in you. Huh? And see, prophets live among the 30 day eviction notice life. Everybody's getting put out of something. Everybody's dire for something. Everybody's, you understand what I'm saying? And so Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's the first thing that prophets smell a mile away is fear on people. Usually if they point out to you that you you have fear, it's because they sense that that's important for you to get rid of it. You know, to get what you need from God. You can't be... Fear really extinguishes your faith. It blocks faith from getting loose to do what God wants it to do. And a lot of times we can play with ourselves and pretend we're not scared. But God has people around that can sense that. They can sense a little bit of fear, even if you laughing all the time and, you know, everything. It's just, it's just there. And so, so he tells her to go and do if you have said, but, see, this is the prophet's heart. He says, you want to make some food for you to eat? Please do that. I'm not taking anything from you. I'm coming to add to your life. Amen. So they don't want to restrict you from, you know, going forward, doing your ministry. You know, we've supported so many people who were starting in ministry and giving them an opportunity to minister. We've had, you know, what we have, you know, technical things here and dance ministry we have singers rappers we have ever we've encouraged everybody that we could possibly i don't sit on anybody and try to tell them they can't do something for god in fact i'm looking for you to come alive and want to do something you understand what i'm saying and and you know it's an insult to a prophet to say they don't want, they don't let me do I'm not gonna let you mess nobody up over here. Huh? I'm not gonna let you harm anybody. You know, because prophets do have to protect sheep, folks, from errant words and crazy people. And you know, there's some people that get up every morning and 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 think that they're God's gift to everybody, and they're looking for somebody to. Just take advantage of just to prove they're important. So he says, I'm not here to take anything from you. You go do what you said you were going to do. He said, but bring to me a little cake first. And after that, go make for you and your son. Now, why is that necessary? Why are you just going to? Take some from this poor woman. Well, if he don't, this will be her last meal. Amen. Because God's standards are still God's standards. Amen. She must give an offering to God first. And it's her job, according to God, to take care of this man of God. That's why you give offerings. That's why you give it birthdays. That's why you give it you understand what I'm saying? That's your job. I'm doing mine, you do yours. Huh? No, you know, it's up to you to recognize that. Nobody's gonna beat you over the head and make you give anything. Amen. You you know, it's not like that. But in in, in you're not taking care of me, God's taking care of me. He's taking care of all of us. Amen. So your prayer should be that, that I hear from God and do what I'm supposed to do with the offering that comes in. You, you got me, that helps me. That helps me make decisions, right decisions. Amen. And so it, it's not like, make a do. don't let us steal nothing. I didn't ask you to pray like that. You understand what I'm saying? Don't let that, don't let them abuse that money. Your whole 20 big dollars. Okay poppy I'm i to be a good girl. You understand what I'm saying? It, it you know so here he said to her don't be afraid i want you to eat i'm not here to take anything from you i'm here to add to your life and that's what you got to understand about the prophet they add to your life there is a reward amen there is something good coming for you if you'll receive them the right way so this is how she receives a man of god she obeys him and he said it says for thus saith the lord god of israel now he's not messing with her go go get me the money first and put it in my cash app i didn't mean to go here poppy forgive me okay and then i'm gonna give you a prophecy He up front gives her the, the rewards so her faith can expect it. You don't make people do stuff for you and they guessing and wondering if it's going to pay off. you got to let them know up front what the deal is. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of Lord fail, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So here they were in the midst of a drought and a famine. So the prophet comes in the midst of the drought and the famine. I highly suggest if you got lack in your midst, you listen to what the prophet of God tells you to do. Amen. To Get yourself straight. Amen. And she went and did. And she went and did. So he went and did first. He shows up at her house. The anointing on him is to go and do immediately. That transfers onto his words to her. So the go and do anointing is something that transfers onto everybody you speak to if you're a go and do person. If you're a slack person and you do it when it's convenient, that's going to transfer too. You have a lot of people that don't get much when you're casual about obedience to God. But see, such as I have, I give. I can give you to go and do. Like I'm telling a person to do something so their business can grow. Amen. So whenever that person does that thing, their business will grow. You got me? Until they do it, no growth. Don't look for growth if you haven't gone and done what God said go do. See? Just saying. Not throwing no shade. But if you feel it. (laughs) You got me? You just have to do these things, and I don't threaten people when I when I talk to y'all. Do I threaten y'all? I just say, well, you know, maybe you should do this, because I'm trying to hear from God. If I say, "Thus saith the Lord," you really freak out. Oh Lord, huh? <laughs> oh, lighten up, everybody, for crying out loud! Act like y'all at a funeral. God loves you. I love you. But y'all better straighten up. (laughs) It's like my mother used to say, y'all better straighten up around here. Huh? He says you're gonna live and not die. You're gonna have substance. You're gonna have nourishment. You're gonna have water wasn't real didn't seem to be scarce around there. She was gonna have that too. If if water came and he says until the Lord sends rain and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah and she, he, her house ate many days. Amen. And the barrel of meal did not waste. Neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Elijah. Amen. So, so, you know, there was another situation where her son fell sick. I know I had five minutes five minutes ago. But we'll just go. It says it, it that's it, he says here, it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. His sickness was so sore there was no breath left in him. She said to Elijah, What have I to do with you, though man of God? Are you come to call my sin to remembrance and slay my son? Amen. Now, that boy was slated to die way back in in verse 13. So, when death is expected and called upon, sometimes it's not removed. What did he tell her when he first showed up? When he told her, gave, start giving her instructions. There you go. Who said that? I love all y'all. See, that's important. Pay attention to to these small things, you know. They seem small, but they're crucial. What did she do? She probably held on to the fear. And she was scared of him. Because she was scared he was coming to remind her of her sin. Prophets don't remind people of their sin. God does that. If you got it on you, the prophet of God just showed up with an anointing that will reveal that to you. She should have gone to him and made some offering and repented. The boy would have been alive. I believe that's God's law. But he was merciful. Told her, give me the boy. Took him away from her. Carried him up to the loft where he lived. In a healing atmosphere. A pure atmosphere. An atmosphere of anointing. Because down there in that house with them rested, them folk. way well, ain't no telling what was going on down there. She's scared of calling her sin to her remembrance. She down there being a naughty girl. Huh? He stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord. Let the child's soul come back to him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child see the reason this lady had to take care of him many days because god saw this boy was going to die anyway see what i'm saying he survived the first evil report the mother gave but it finally caught up with them sometimes prophets have to be in your life for a season (laughs) oh don't be so glum everybody come on now rejoice (laughs) but you understand what i'm saying You know, it's like sometimes they keep popping up. You know, I mean, you all live in a different space because I'm here all the time as your pastor as well. But there are some people that God has me pop up in their life over and over again. You got me? Like sticky glue. huh? Or gorilla glue. (laughs) Let's talk about the gorilla in the room prophesying. And see, there some people are not. They like me, but they don't want me in their business. You got me. But if God says getting their business is for their good, Amen. You know, you just you it, be glad. You know, be thankful that God has somebody that you know. And I know people. Some people don't want me in their lives, but that doesn't stop me from obeying God on their behalf. You understand what I'm saying? You. Can't be moved by all that, but you have to go and do what God tells you to do. You know, God has told me to, to give, give me a word for people and I say, well, God, I'll wait for them. He said, no, you know better. <laughs> don't play me, Barb. We've been around this block too many times. You understand what I'm saying? You don't wait for nothing. You go do. Amen. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you reveal to us through the mouth of your servants, the prophets. And we honor you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for that. We bless you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's wholeness. There's healing. There's health. There's soundness in that name. There's power in that name. Honor that name. Lift it up high. Because he said, if I am lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me by my mighty power.